0: Hey there Sean. Hey Pierce, how's it going? It's pretty okay. Alright, that means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it.
1: Let's start the show.
2: Big pop, lemon drop, the whole way through.
1: Tip top, circus cup. I've got something crazy to tell. You've yeah, been hoping.
0: Alright. Um, does anybody know offhand what the
1: price of GameStop stock is today? Um, I, I, I mean, they, I believe they release their earnings tomorrow, which, which should be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but I, I, I imagine that, uh, at least, at least three, three digits come before the, the decimal point.
3: Yeah. Closed around. Two hundred dollars, suggesting a current market cap for them of about thirteen point six billion dollars.
0: I I trust that that you just looked that up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked Oh, okay. Because because Ma- the only Max, what would be the only incorrect answer would have been having it in your back pocket
2: right now. <laughs> yeah, Max. What would be your expert opinion on playing the GameStop stock? Oh my god! My
3: expert opinion on playing the GameStop stock. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna answer that right now. Maybe it'll come up later in conversation. I
0: I think I think the the very fact that you we even live in a world where you might ask that question of Max is kind of why we're here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, suffice it to say that. Uh, You know, over the last several years, but really kind of starkly in the last, I don't know, seven weeks, uh, there has been an explosion of new things in the marketplace. Uh, And... Uh. I know that I I tend to occupy the old man yelling at cloud space on this podcast a lot, but truly it's not exactly a role that I relish. I kind of try to avoid it when I can, but sometimes the world just boxes me into a corner and I wind up having to say, I don't understand what all of this NFT shit is about. And I don't think I'm ever going to understand it. And I don't think the fact that I know what it is means that I understand it.
1: Yeah. So, so I think just to, just to kind of where, – where are we now? So, so yes. let's first say people have been inside for a year. And, and some people, uh, myself included, um, some of us included, have been fortunate enough to continue making an, an income. This has happened at the same time that, Sean, what you're kind of describing is like something that is now termed as an asset, and I would call it a non-traditional type of asset. Some others that we were kind of talking about when we thought we would have this as a topic a few weeks ago were things like sneakers, because those those have been a type of asset for a while if if and we'll probably get into how we define an asset but it's something that you have purchased and you have some expectation that its value will fluctuate after you purchase it and that could include things like artwork or as we're learning now artwork that is actually just a copy of other artwork but it has a a code um, a token applied to it um, and, and so I think that part of what we're getting into right now is not only have we seen this explosion in things that, yeah, let's call it an asset, but also there are increasingly um, more markets where these assets are bought, sold, traded, um, which could even include things that are, I think, old-timey assets like a stock, maybe Game GameStop stock. But instead of you know calling up a, your brokerage guy because you're a very wealthy person on Wall Street or, or you know wealthy people and and that's how you you do it. But now you can just do two clicks with an app and all of a sudden you're you're in the marketplace. So there are more assets, there are more slash different marketplaces, and I, I mean it all starts with like. What the hell is an asset? This is such this is such a weird thing. Uh, and and Kevin, I would say with you, um, you, you we kind of talked about this uh, a little bit before, and like we do know traditionally something like a, a computer chip, a semiconductor, um, is an asset, and so is you know a couple steps removed from that, a a something like a video game console, like a PS five or or the new Xbox. But, but somehow I feel like this is the market for it and the the hubbub around it has gotten more fierce and disconcerting of late
2: yeah uh, I think Sean has something to say about this but I, I my my first take would just be that it's it's more just like scalping rather than an asset for the the PlayStations and the chips
0: yeah I don't I I don't think of a, a... A semiconductor or a chip as an asset because an asset, on some level, I believe, the purpose of an asset is to have value for you, and the way that it has value, is when you sell it.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: I, I, you know, if there were like a robust like semiconductor trading market, I think that would be fair. If people were, uh, if people were selling their playstation 5s in in significant quantities um you know maybe but i don't i don't think it's
1: exactly the
2: same I, I, well they don't I, also I, they, they also don't buy used no one wants to buy a used semiconductor
1: But but I think that there's there. I mean, you could Kevin to your point, you could scalp and I've I've read a little bit about this. That's why I I brought brought this up. But like you know, when when a new um, graphics card is is released or or a new just um, regular CPU chip is released. There, there is a scarcity involved. Like there, there are only so many in that first run off the line, and I could buy them and then put them on a marketplace like eBay and and resell them. I, I think that that does happen too.
2: Yeah, but that's what I'm
0: calling scalping. But the difference is that there hasn't been a Bloomberg feature about uh, you doing that and buying up hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of. Uh, amd semiconductors uh with a a credit card that it turns out is actually registered in kevin's name and also also by the way kevin is the vice president at amd who oversees this particular semiconductor line like you know I, i don't think that um i don't think that that anything that has the possibility to be scalped falls into this class Like the secondary ticket market is not, well, I, that was a bad example (laughs) during the coronavirus pandemic, but like, I don't think that that is exactly the same thing. That's not, that's not something I think that gets seen as an investment opportunity so much as it is just like an arbitrage play. Yeah. Uh, And, and I think that that is an important distinction because anything where there is scarcity, there is an opportunity if you can figure out how to buy it quicker than somebody else who wants it more than you
1: do. There's a chance for you to make a little bit of coin on that. But but there's more of the I think for for GameStop um, the the GameStonk crisis and uh, also these these NFTs. There is an auction aspect to it, and I, I think to your point that's different. Whereas I need to figure out a way to get this quicker because then. I will be able to realize more process from the arbitrage or, or, you know, the resale value. Whereas, where there's there's, I think a traditional, well, I think an auction for art is different. But where you have this this buying and selling and trading of an asset like GameStop, that is that is where it's a, a, a little bit different, maybe.
0: And so maybe maybe this is a point where uh, for for people. Who are listening and are, are a little more like me it, it makes sense to we, we've used this acronym NFT a few times. Oh, sorry. Uh, so an NFT is a non-fungible token mm-hmm. and uh, the the way that it gets talked about I think frequently is in the context of this NBA top shot thing where you buy uh, nominally you're buying An exclusive uh, highlight clip, which is a a dumb thing to say because highlight clips fundamentally are not exclusive. So actually what you are buying, the non-fungible token itself, is, for all intents and purposes, it's like a digital watermark. You're, Mm -hmm. You're buying a foil stamp to put in the corner of that highlight video that says, this is from... XYZ Top Shot Pack, limited edition, uh, you know, number one out of 75. Uh, And and I don't know whether that makes it better or or dumber. Uh, My my personal gut reaction is much dumber. But then again, that could just be me yelling at
2: clouds. Yeah, I I think it's kind of like um, trading card or you know old sports cards, right? Except it's just like a newer which have been
0: on a a veritable re-explosion themselves. Uh, I I I think this is all sort of coming out of the same place. Like all of these things that are not like traditional assets, cars. Mm real estate, blue chip stocks, art are like really coming to the fore, and I think there's a certain extent to which the the fact that we've all been inside for a year matters a great deal to this because we're bored as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and and there's just like uh, there I'm trying to remember who it was. I, I heard someone on a podcast, attempt to explain the this phenomenon, particularly the NBA Top Shot thing. I I, I want to say it was a, a sports adjacent pod, and they made the point that like this is really in 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 a lot of ways like this is just something that is coming in a large part out of people, ha- certain people, literally having more money than they could possibly know what to do with
1: Yeah, I I that's part of it, but but also, Max, I, I this is this is where I think that the, the, the tokens and, and I think the token is an important term here. So so you get this thing which is uh, you know, it could be as we've seen, like um, basically a a JPEG, which which there are of of a meme, basically, and there you can get this anywhere online. But the idea is, is, there is a specific token attached to it, so like you own that. Like the token is what makes it what makes it unique, and no one else can have that in you know, blockchain, and that's the reason why it's it's secure. I mean, it's is that at all? Word? Yeah, it, Max is—is is that at all appealing to you? It's like, yes, I may have this thing, and you can look at others that are the same, but like, I can—I know that there is security in it being my own. I paid for for this secure thing. I mean, I think that's what it is. Is that is but, that but, part but of it? But what
0: is? But what is the secure thing that you're getting? You know what I mean? Like,
3: yeah, I—I I mean, I definitely have some questions. So right off the bat, if you're talking about things like fine art there already is kind of this i mean that's that's the thing i can most relate it to is like there's already that if you think about a famous photographer and they make 50 initial prints of mm-hmm. some piece of work and they they put a number on the back and that's worth way more than the one printed 50000th you have you, you could own the exact same picture you could put it on your wall yeah. but you're paying for an exclusivity that's essentially fabricated because it came out earlier the question that i have then is so i think there is something there it doesn't necessarily appeal to me but like i kind of get it but with the Mm. top shots thing it makes me think like okay well what about someone who and this is i don't want to go in this direction but like people can own music right like i can go on youtube and play whatever songs i want but if someone owns a song my understanding is that they should theoretically make money when that song is used or played or whatnot so i'm wondering with these nba top shots like if you own one of these clips and espn wants to show it they don't pay you right like that 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 doesn't apply here i'm just clarifying that there's no like you don't own the actual content of the clip you just Correct. own literally as if you owned like the i'm trying to draw that distinction and, you and own, make sure that i understand it uh,
0: you own the number you own the edition number at the bottom of the print. Yeah, like yeah. that's with, that's okay. the
3: thing that I, I, I so can't same with wrap buying the the, the fine art, like buying yeah. like the the second print overall. Like you don't own that f- photograph; you just own the second one that was printed. And there is something tangible there. I mean, it was printed; it may have been printed by the photographer, but that's pretty similar. But
0: but, but also within within that one run of fifty prints, I I don't think. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think there is like a particular value to having number four out of fifty over having number nineteen out of fifty. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm no, not I
1: mean collector it's collector like it's <laughs> it's like when they only make four hundred of a car. Like I think having zero zero one is kind of cool. You're all but part of the that, same club. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. you're all part of the same same club. And and Max, you said what what I had written down is like uh kind of the face the the critical thing here which is like there's a fake exclusivity going on and and i would say also like a false scarcity
2: uh-huh. these
1: clips you know that piece of that piece of music we can go find it in in droves all over the place um and and that's that gets into i mean there's there's a book I, I, kevin I, I think it's the four futures which you can get into later but it's like you know what do we do as we move into to things that are increasingly digital and you know, th- where you can 3D print your desk or something, you know, how, how are we, is it going to be democratized? Is it going to be shared? Or are we going to be really strict about the IP so that every time you print that out in your own 3D printer, you have to pay to to uh, have the schematic, basically. Like, how do we deal with these things and where we could create false scarcity? And that's where I think it really does, um, you know, coexist with, with things like the um, ps5s or or the sneakers whereas we're talking more here about digital things they could they could make twice as many sneakers they just choose not to and then these are uh, choices made by whatever the corporation that be and it causes this this market to be hyped to just use a, a, a basic word there. And, and so, like, now I feel like we're, we're applying that false scarcity to things that are video highlights that get replayed all the time. You can go watch them on YouTube. And now you own basically the, you know, to the point, the print of one. Like, someone went and printed it off of, you know, your Epson printer. And all of a sudden, that one they've stamped and it's just for you. But it's not, it's not any different than any other version. It's just got that token attached to it. I, so I actually think that that's why art is so is so
0: fascinating as, as part of this because I almost I almost think a, f- a photograph is not the right example of this uh, because a photograph is something that inherently is eminently reproducible in mm-hmm. basically the same form that it was produced in. It might be on slightly worse quality paper or, or something like that but fundamentally on some level every reproduction of a photograph is just the photograph yeah but something like a painting that's not there's no there's no false exclusivity to owning a a Picasso Picasso painted that painting one time yeah and he didn't you know he didn't do that because he was trying to artificially inflate the price and 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 create a market. He did that because that's how painting works. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but thinking about it in, in terms of digital stuff, just like led me to this. I I, I get this newsletter called Penny Fractions, which is about the um the music business and uh last week's edition talked about NFTs and, and it was sort of building off of a tweet that somebody saw the the writer saw about, you know, the idea that uh, you don't have to like these things, but they're not going away. And so we should weigh in now uh, rather than, uh, stand by and let someone else set the terms, and I thought that was interesting. So I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna lift a, a paragraph from this newsletter. Uh, Evgeny Morozov, in his 2011 book *The Net Delusion*, fought against the accepted wisdom that the internet was undoubtedly going to change the world for the better. He makes a number of points in the book, but a central one is a strong skepticism towards viewing the world with a tech-first lens. He wrote. Nevertheless, whenever non-technological problems are viewed through the lens of technology, it's technological experts who get the last word. They design solutions that are often more complex than the problems they were trying to solve, while their effectiveness is often impossible to evaluate as multiple solutions are being tried at once and their individual contributions are hard to verify. This speaks to the fevered chatter around NFTs and their ramifications for the record industry. Accepting NFTs as the future creates a new in-group to claim part of an industry that's already highly financialized without accessing how many folks even want proof of purchases from their favorite artists. I thought that was really interesting because really, that's what the NFT is. It's a yeah. proof of purchase. It's, it's mm-hmm. a box top from a
1: cereal <laughs> box. It's it's it's. I mean, I deal with it at work a lot, and I think everyone deals with it too. But it's uh, just in life, not necessarily work. But um, it's a solution in search of a problem, and in this case, it's a solution in search of a profit. And and what what I think of their music is great. Um, you all may or may not remember, but a few years ago, Wu Tang Clan came out with an album, and they made one copy. It was beautifully bound and everything. And you might wonder who bought it. Well, unfortunately, it was Pharma Bro. I don't even remember his name right now. Martin Scarella, yeah, and and he bought it, and that's an instance where that's we are not actually doing that. You might think that that you are doing that, but but like, what is important is the box stop, not the music. There it was. There was the box stop was important because it was one of one. What we're doing more here, and to go back to the GameStop and like why you know accepting this is the future. GameStop and these NFTs, especially NFTs, sorry, um, they're they're very similar um, in that you know with a stock when you buy it you are buying a piece of a whole but you know your stock theoretically has its own number and there is a proof to that purchase you have that stock you have those ten stocks whatever here with the NFTs it's like yes you are buying that specific one but max 2 and i know we're not trying to do photographs but like the prints you are buying one of a 50 so you are it's not really part of a whole but like it is it, it is not really the only one of that thing so i think this market which feels new is is especially if there are copies of the same thing and an artist is selling a number of them um i, I think it is a lot closer to the stock market example than than i first realized sneakers are
0: also a really interesting asset class if you will too because you know shoes in theory shoes are supposed to be a consumable good Yes, they you're supposed deteriorate. to deteriorate. Well, and 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 specifically, why do they deteriorate? Because you're quote unquote supposed to buy shoes to put them on your feet and wear them.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same as the semiconductors. I think of this as the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. But like, uh, you know, when you buy a, a stock, when you buy a share of a a stock in a company, on some level, just like with the with an NFT, you're not actually buying anything. You're not. You own a piece of the company, but it's not like. You know, it's not like you as the the holder of a share of GameStop stock are going to start sitting in on GameStop board meetings. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
3: Well, but it kind of is.
1: If, if, you, if I, you if you have a lot of them,
3: you get voting shares and. I don't know. There's a, there's I mean, a fine it's... line there. I get what you're saying, but yes. most people aren't going to, but it does give you the ability to participate sure. in some way in the ownership of a public company, unless yeah, you're buying if... Class C shares. Yeah. Then you I, get, I, I get nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, Max, to, to to that point, maybe that's where I'm re- where is it would be different if we were buying basically a pass to um, really be a patron of an artist and give them feedback on on like what they should pursue and what they should show in, in gallery openings or, or whatever the case may be. This is, I mean, this is very traditional, be it a, a sneaker, which is a consumable good. So maybe a, a bad example in, in some cases, but like when you buy the art, you just have it. You There's not like a relationship attached to it. Whereas there is some way that if you buy a stock that, that there is, or a number of them, there is a relationship uh, attached to it, You know a type of equity almost. Um yeah but,
2: and a lot of these other things like the with the consumables or whatever it's i guess a bit more of a, a zero sum like i have this thing and someone else doesn't and if they want it they have to like get it through me whereas with stocks like if on on a broader sense yeah sure there is like a a quote unquote limit but uh, like if you think about any individual persons like oh I, like it's theoretically i could get infinite of these and everyone could get infinite of these unless robin hood Shuts down the, the ability to buy it, but sure. You know, and Kevin,
1: I think you've you've reminded me of a thing that is so essential here, which is, and this is the nature of assets, but they they have, technically they have no value until you transfer them. Like you're just you are just a holding, you are a vessel. Um, it is the whole thing with um, you know <laughs> uh, owner occupied homes. They, they don't have any value because you're in them you know you're not getting any income off of it until you you transfer it and I, I think with all of this that's that's kind of wild to me like Sean to your point as well people have so much money that they're deciding that there are other things that just want to be vessels for for money it's like let's stamp a token onto a highlight thing that you know democratizing things you can get for free you can go watch it yes there's nothing is actually for free they're taking your data whatever but you can access it for free and now you're like i want to take that thing that people can still access for free but i want to hide money into it i want to spend something that that has value in my hand and is easily transferable and make it hard to transfer that that is maybe what makes me my head explode is why are we doing this and to to come to like my ultimate thing I wrote on here is this is such a first world problem it makes me angry <laughs> to spend time talking
0: about it. Okay, I'm I'm glad you said that because this this brings me back to uh, penny fractions. So so I'll I'll read again. Good. Uh, there's also the fact that NFTs, Bitcoin, and GameStop meme stocks all exist within this continuum. Of a coronavirus induced bubble of cash heavy white collar workers within the tech and venture capital spaces pumping money into different schemes and declaring them the future without significant public buy-in that's why the tweet rattled in my head who is setting up the terms of these new technologies and how can one even afford to buy into these new spaces it's people not only with time and tech literacy but also with money that they're willing to put into speculative goods. It's, it's all, it's all gambling. Everything is gambling now. (laughs) And I fucking hate it because I don't like to gamble. Am I just not for this world in like in 2021? Am am I getting like phased out of society at 29 years old?
2: Yeah, I I think it's like some gambling where, um, it, I guess it's kind of like sports gambling where you can kind of pretend that you can predict things, but really, like again, mathematically you're gonna lose. But um, you know, it's not like playing the roulette table or whatever.
0: I'm sorry. Do you think people? Do you think people that gamble on roulette don't think they can predict what's going to happen?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm sure I
0: can't understand it, why anyone else I, I can't understand any other reason why someone would gamble on roulette that seems
1: bananas ass
0: crazy to me
2: yeah, yeah
1: I, I guess you know with this gambling my, my concern is in where it becomes not just a first world problem I mean Max I mentioned the, the Wu-Tang Clan album which was the the item was not only was the token singular but the item was singular and I, that is i mean do you share that concern which is i see this like applied to music which is something that you know artists most of the time want to share with as many people as as they can where it becomes like i have made this tokenized item that only the people who who pay for it can can listen to
3: no okay no i don't think that's a problem here because you're you're not buying the actual thing you're buying a token that represents the authenticity of the token of the thing. So yeah, I don't, I don't think so. At least the way I understand it, like even people selling digital art, Mm -hmm. you're buying, you're not buying a copy of the digital art. You're buying the piece of paper that says you own the original art. (laughs) Yeah. So everyone can just view the art. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think the nature, I'm hopeful that the nature of, of the internet will still go in that direction. When you mentioned 3d printing and stuff like, With a little technical know how, you can get most things on most digital things on the internet for free. It might not be encouraged by all regulatory parties, but you can do it and you can do it really easily. And I don't see that going away super quickly, but I'm not sure.
2: Well, I think if it that's one of those things where if it became more commonplace and whoever's producing it figured out they have to do something about it, then things would start getting done like you say it's pretty easy in like the technical literacy but realistically not enough people are doing it or i think that it would be harder to do
3: that is true but i i just think like there's a a general theme of the um like maybe i'm being too hopeful but the democratization of 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 the internet and wanting things to be more and more available like yeah you're right there are still content creators that definitely want you know money for their content but there's also a lot of content creators that are creating content purposely for for being shared whether it's open source tools and software or just open you know open artwork like free photos and things to use like that so i don't know yeah me if i'm being way too optimistic it goes against general capitalism and gambling on everything but
0: well you are 100 you are one hundred percent being too optimistic because there is no no reason to be optimistic about any of this shit. Like, you know, what what have we seen fifteen years into Facebook's existence? Um, but uh, but on on a more serious note, like I, people love to talk about this stuff as though it's like a a, a big democratizing force, and they just they just want to say blockchain and because blockchain democratic, but like, no.
2: As no. applied here, take, it's not. If
0: you take something that is otherwise free and you just like slap blockchain technology on it and use it to sell an NFT associated with, you know, like a JPEG for $69 million dollars. All, you are doing the reverse. You are doing the reverse of democratizing. You are making things available only to people who can, you know, splash sixty nine mil on it. Like the, these things. Are not that, like, not that music is supposed to be free. Because I, I, as we've said on, I would imagine like eighty of the two hundred and sixty <laughs> podcasts we've done. Like, if you if you can pay for. Uh, if you can pay for the art you consume to support the creators of that art, that's a great thing that you should do. But like mm-hmm. the idea, there's a difference between you You should pay for the things that you enjoy if you can pay for them and there should be a financial market around this. There's a difference between like there there being the ability for someone to make money off of the songs they wrote, and there being like a speculative, uh, speculative market built on these complex financial products.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean the idea of of having an entity which which uh, through 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 math and and like no other interference can um securely help you transact things, lowercase b, blockchain, is a really good idea. It was also a really good idea for for the Roman Empire to build all these aqueducts to get clean water at all these places. But then once you get to one of those nodes where you connect and you say, hey, this water's great, um, but you got to pay me for it. Or this, you know, you can use blockchain to secure this, this photograph basically, but it's going to cost you. It's like, then, then we take this thing, which was good. And like, we start making it exclusive and less democratized. And that's kind of what I've I've thought about here. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm glad we've, we've seemed to have ended more or less where we started, which
1: is me
0: being a grumpy
1: old Mm -hmm. bastard. Yeah. And I would just, I mean, just with all of this, I'm reminded of, of a, re- a thing and I'll, I'll end with this, but th- there was a conversation going on, I think like in the fall or, or, it was probably about this time last year when like the markets kind of tanked a bunch. And I was, I was in a room or not in a room, uh, in a zoom call with, with a bunch of coworkers and they were talking about how, oh, I lost a bunch of money today. And I got really upset because it's like, no, you have unrealized gains or un- in this case, unrealized losses but the thing about with these assets it's like that is such a again a privileged thing to say because like you had this extra money that you could put into this vessel hopefully it was like an EFT or or something like that an index fund a very smart vessel I don't know but like you did not actually lose lose that money because you didn't you know it's it's not something in your hands and you didn't need it today if you had needed it today you would have lost money but it's like yeah, I mean, to the point. This could change, but right now it just feels very irksome because these are not not real, valuable things. Emphasis on real. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I feel like we've
0: certainly come close to rambling about this enough. So, any any final thoughts before
2: we close up shop and move on? Um, if you don't know what to spend your money on. You could always uh, give some to charity or something.
3: You could also oh. buy an authenticated copy of any of Pretty Okay's recordings. We have <laughs> we have you NFTs can. representing all two hundred and I, we, we we can uh, you know. That's what Max has been email. working on
2: for the past two weeks. Yeah, send
3: us an email if you want to buy uh, an NFT representation of, of one of our recordings, and we'll see what we can do for you. Yeah, if if, if you the NFT just... may just be the number one, and it may not be on the blockchain. <laughs> you
0: talk. You talk to Max. I'm not, I, I'm taking no part in this. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Kevin. Kevin. Kevin is right. Like, if you really just have a bunch of money, and if if you want to just you know gloat and and bring attention To yourself, yeah, go do a stupid thing. If if you just want to spend your money, you know nicely or kindly, yeah, give it to charity or something. Well, wow. gosh,
0: what I will take part in though. Is uh, another another tasty edition of Pierce's sorry. So, what, yes. what are you
1: apologizing for today? So, I, I'm glad that that Max is back with us this week because uh, as as I sit here, uh, I'm in a different living situation now, which is which is good. Um, and uh, I I am I'm reminded when we've talked about air conditioning before, and I think Max, you specifically talked about air conditioning as. Is something that, in theory, you, you maybe don't really like, but it is very important to your life, and, and you kind of can't can't live without it. Maybe does that does that sound right?
3: That sounds like something I would say. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I I I think on this podcast, a, a an iteration of this podcast, which could be NFTed, uh, if if for for a <laughs> person, no. Um, I think I've talked before about uh, my issue with desks. And I know Max and I have talked about my issue with desks on, on a number of occasions. Well, I am here to say that I am maybe entering the uh, the Max and AC uh, phase of things with desks. And so I am apologizing for, for maybe being such a desk absolutist because I still contend that I do not like desks because they feel very singular in their use and purpose. But in my new living arrangement, I'm sitting at a desk right now. I have done a bunch of work at this desk and I do see the value and it has a lot of value in my life. So I am a hypocrite um, and I get that. Um, But I will say that the big difference I will add is that there is a door right there and my desk is no longer also my, my dining room table or whatever in the same space that I live. And this is to say really that work and home being separate are very important to me and they are separate right now. So my ideas about desks remain, but in this specific instance, I apologize for my hypocrisy. I am enjoying this desk. See, I, I, I tend to think, I just have that thought
0: all the time, which is that, you know, especially in this year where we've all gotten acquainted to, working from home that having a singular purpose area where you say do your work so that when you are done with your work you can leave that area and vice versa when you leave that area you can be done with your work is like the i don't know single most important thing that has retained my sanity in the last 12 months so like i i don't know i i i am a a keen appreciator of the single purpose desk area
2: i just i just
1: think it's important to be a a separate space because like home and work being in the same place maybe we'll talk about that on a a different occasion but i think that is the um i'm pretty sure we already have yeah well i think it's the nexus of of a lot of people especially families like parents right now it's like i can't get away from work i can't get away from my kids this is miserable
0: yeah and 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 look that we're also i think we're also both speaking about this from the from the luxurious standpoint of being in a situation where you actually have sufficient space to make those separate spaces within your home and and some people don't have that ability so i you know we we we, as always we are are the privileged few um and and have at least a modicum of responsibility to not be dicks about it uh okay uh, let's let's close the show uh, with a big idea from pop culture. Uh, that said, I really haven't uh, haven't been taking in a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of pop culture lately. I've been pretty pretty busy at work, uh, but I have gone back and rewatched uh, the first two seasons of portlandia over the last few weeks and it's just it's such a delightful respite when you, when you get to the end of a, a grueling workday and can get up from your single purpose desk and go into the next room and sit down on your tv watching couch and watch a couple episodes of fred Armisen and carrie brownstein getting into hilarious hijinks in the pacific northwest it's just it's great yeah i
1: we might have to have a topic like what are the most soothing things and why are they soothing to you but when but when that uh when the intro music kicks in there's just this soothing feeling over me it's really i would have to think about how to explain it but i'm just like that is the state i want i wish i was in uh it's the same feeling i have something i've written about which is getting the like fall ll bean catalog ah, but yes. as i go through the page it's the same thing where it's like this I-, I want to live here in this moment in this thing that is not even necessarily tangible but it's where i want to be
0: it's like putting on a nice ll bean sweater
2: yes it sounds like we've got our next uh asset class <laughs> <laughs> when we when we the feeling we of, get, out of owning the feeling of getting the first llb yeah. in catalog yeah. you son of a bitch okay that's that's
0: the that's the clearest hint that we've ever gotten that this is the end of the show uh you can find us at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com you can also subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice if you do that Please leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. No NFTs of this podcast ever. Thanks for listening. Bye.